to Critical Ditto. My name is Stuart Clark. I will be running this Pokemon roleplay podcast for you tonight. And here we are, in the midst of the most exciting chess competition I've ever seen. And we pause and we wait as Thomas Dale moves his bishop to Queen's E4. Thomas, tell us about your thought process there. Oh, well, my thought process was I thought I had more time. Uh, but my hand you always do in the game of chess. In the game of chess, it can sneak up on you. Usually, like that, I was waiting for my opponent's Ali and David to make a move, but I thought, you know what? I'll take the advantage. You're playing white this tonight, time, Tom. You're playing white. And this time, I will go first. And yes, I move my queen, Brandy, ex cheerleader of the Pokemon champion Gary Smoke, on a quest to become the Pokemon champion. But also, her main quest now is to save her father from his Celio fate. To help her on her quest, she has Wimpy the Lopany. Gary the Skaroopy, Snorleone the Munchlax, Bunnelby the Psychiatrist, Flower the Meltan, and uh, and yes, I moved my queen to to put David's king in check. Hello, comrades. I am <gasps> Soviet player Theo. I can't I can't maintain that accent for much longer. <laughs> I thought I could do it the whole time, but I just can't. I am the secret double spy, secret English player playing for the Russians who can't do an accent for, for Toffee, but I am very good at playing the character of Theo, which requires significantly more dramatical nows. Some have said, due to the incredible accent work I do every episode as the <laughs> uh, sardonic former priest of the Church of Sloking. Theo has by their side a lovely Medicham, a Swadloon called Hillary, a Kabuto called Cabbage, a Togekiss, a Barbarical, and a Combi called Jason. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody there. And uh, now that my cover's been blown, I hand to the third person in this strange three-way chess game, the wonderful former chess champion, Alistair Hill. Ali Hill stands up and goes, wait a minute, you can't play chess with three people? And throws the chessboard across the room. He then transforms into Kenny Mullet, apologises and kindly puts everything back into place. Because Kenny Mullet is a sweet yet somewhat haunted young man from Comover Town on a quest to find out more about his weird superpowers. On his team, he has Dartrix called Bowtie, a Gyarados called Moustache, a Salandit called Hoops, he has a Honchcrow called Fedora and a Spiritomb called Swirly. I pass us back to our commentator and our host, Stuart Clark. And with that move... We find that our three-way game of chess is completed, as Kenny completes the table-throwing move. Check. And dare I say mate. Let's find out how he got there. Someone's been watching the Queen's Gambit, hasn't he? Previously on Critical Ditto. Brandy, Theo, Kenny. From the bushes that you crouch in, you see a couple of prisoner transports, the antiquated church caravan, and a train of transport. And to your right, you see the faint glow of the ever-burned tree. And with you, Tallahassee Bingeworth. Kenny. Something starts to call to you. The Everburn Tree. Something that was struck by the lightning of one of the first poker-powered users. You hear something. You feel something calling you. It's a voice. A human form takes shape in front of you. In the fire. Frey! Do you know, Kenny, what is happening in that prisoner car? It's full of poker-powered. They're incarcerated, Kenny. I want you to join me, Kenny. I need you to see someone. This time from the flame, Andros. Frey, show me a different way. She's helped me, Kenny. Maybe she can help you. I can't just leave my friends. I think our paths will cross again, Kenny. Theo, you've been keeping an eye on this purple mohawked punk rock trainer. Theo is going to use Minimize to hide <gasps> on the person's shoulder. Theo, you dart out of the bushes, leap like a spring onto the belt 
of this character. Tallulah, it's me. It's Rodri. Breaking you out, babe. If we cause a disturbance, maybe we can break this prison car apart. If there is a big disturbance and if prisoners break out, this prisoner caravan ain't going to the court. That's true. An elite-looking trainer rounds the corner of the prisoner transport to check on this commotion. Warden of the Corps is Warden Vipen. I have apprehended here a spy amongst your ranks. Warden Vipen releases a magnazone, and I'm starting not to trust you, small-headed person. Just throw them both in the car. Kenny, Brandy. Oh, Warden, we were sent here to give extra protection to the car. What if Warden Vipen recognises Kenny? That that is... A dangerous wanted person. Kenny fires off like a blast of black purpley energy at Magnazone. We cut to Brandy being thrown unceremoniously into the prison car with Theo. Kenny, you on the other hand are taken to your own container and you see a shadowy figure. The prisoner caravan is on the move. It's been traveling for a few hours and the forestry that you were in before has been long left behind and made way for these craggy cliff-side paved roads where the scree slopes slip and bits of rock fall and cascade. If you look out of the prisoner caravan windows, you see sheer drops on either side. It is a dangerous landscape. You can see Dubwall clinging to the side of rock faces, nervously bleating, keeping their eyes out for predatory threats or even just a misplaced hoof. The prisoner caravans, they move slowly, tipping slightly on this too-small-for-the-wheels road. It feels precarious to the extreme. Warden Vipen rides up front. Ali, what's Warden Vipen riding on? What mounted Pokémon? A Bufalunt. Warden Vipen rides up front on a Bufalunt with extra boof. Sorry, I really enjoyed the French accent on that. I love the idea that is actually French. Clip clop et le bouffe. Le bouffe et le bouffe. Warden Vipen seems remarkably composed, the cigarette still drolly hanging from her lips as she rises and falls with her bouffalon, unfazed by the surrounding areas. Tom, what Pokemon is known to prowl these sheer scree slopes? Which predatory Pokemon? Colossal. A predatory colossal. Warden Vipen holds up her hand. The caravan halts. She scans around. Gives a whistle. <whistles> Hold it there for a minute, will you? Louis the 16th? <laughs> she taps Le <Leboeuf. laughs> Just hold it for just hold it for a second there. Buddy. She's had 16 buffaloes. <laughs> all of them French. <laughs> they all fell down the scree slope. Because I was too laissez fair, that's what they say. C'est la vie. At the bottom of this slope, there's just bouffalong carcasses. Ali, don't look down there. Ali, don't look down there. Please don't look down there. Oh, God, it's horrible, Steve. Save yourself. Warden Vipen scans around. She listens. She doesn't hear any engines revving. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Golos is such a stupid Pokemon. <laughs> oh, okay. I feel, like, I feel like people are not taking my choice seriously. I love Colossal. I used it so much in Sword and Shield, but it's such a stupid Pokemon. It's an oven <laughs> for a Pokemon. <laughs> I believe what you meant to say, Stu, is that Vipen is listening out for perhaps rattling mine shafts. <laughs> the sizzling of coal upon a fire. She's listening out, but she hears nothing in the moment. And carries on. Clip-clop, clip-clop. 
The caravan <laughs> continues to rumble. And behind Warden Vipen, we also see in the caravan the church car trundling along behind. Ainsley and Abelforth also riding alongside the prisoners. They look, David, what, what are their expressions? They're trying to look curious at their surroundings to hide the fact that they're both filled with a sense of impending doom for how stupid they are. It's just a lot of them just being like, oh, would you, is that a lovely, um, is that a deciduous tree over there whilst inside going, oh, we're all going to die. Oh, we do, we're gonna we die. do, we do. <laughs> but we zoom in on the larger prisoner car and inside we see some sat, some stood, some pacing. Brandy, Theo, Tallahassee Bingeworth, Blab and Farb, Rodri, and Tallulah. The light is dim inside this car. Almost as if your captors don't want you to feel the vitamin D of the Pokemon Sun. Oh god, not the Pokemon Sun. I like Pokemon Sun a lot more than Pokemon Moon. (laughs) It was coming. It's a place not fit for human habitation, especially not Tallahassee Bingeworth. Oh, God, what's Tallahassee's problem this time? I, I say, I say, I say, Brandy, my, my sweet skin, it can't take this. It needs, it needs sunlight. It needs to feel the fresh air on myself. I was never made to be a captive, Brandy. You know this about me. I'm a free spirit. I know you're a free spirit, Tallahassee. I know this. You tell me this all the time. Anytime I close a door, you say that, oh, you've been locked up. I shouldn't try and keep you trapped in this room. And I've just closed a door. You did this at the saloon we went to. You ripped the saloon doors off that fantasy it was, it was cowboy hard. town. It was hard because the doors kept swinging open and closed. I was free and then I wasn't. I was free and then I wasn't. So I had to rip them off. Pull yourself together, to. Tallahassee. Pull I yourself together. To. Now, Tallahassee, I don't want to. I don't want to impinge upon this very annoying monologue but um you seem to describe yourself as a free spirit and yet you signed a 35 page contract with brandy preventing any kind of freedom in this relationship oh well theo what what you don't understand is um that every minute with with brandy is a minute of a freedom of the soul <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> Uh, Theo, I don't know. Okay, Theo, you're like. Oh, I really needed that. I really needed that after everything else. Oh, it feels. Oh, it feels good to laugh in my normal voice again. I'm glad your head is a normal size again. You know, slightly bigger than everyone else's. Surprise, surprise. But I'd like to say, Tallahassee, you once told me that looking at my face was like looking directly into the sun. So maybe you could live off that for a bit, okay? And calm down while we think of a plan. Brandy slash Tom, how is Rodri reacting to being incarcerated? Not good. I think Rodri is doing some exercises, pull-ups. Well, what's he pulling up on? He's got his knees up. He's holding one of the bars of one of, over one of the windows and is doing pull-ups with his knees off behind him, if that makes any <sighs> sense. <sighs> no, he's doing pull-ups, what? Stu. He's doing pull-ups. What? Um, uh? <laughs> uh? Uh? All right, Tallulah, if I do 16 more, I will be strong enough to break us out of here. Ah, oh, Rodri, you and your obsession with pull-ups. I lost count. I lost count, Tallulah. You were on one. I do love to pull. It's it's like muck you the band, muck you the band, and then the second is pull-ups. Those are my two. And and you, obviously you. I guess number three. Number three is you. I'm glad I come third. Third is third the worst. Oh no, wait, wait. Third. Third the worst. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! All right, all right. We 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 we're enclosed here, Tolu. You know, we we are we, we're getting each other because it's uh, we, we're incarcerated. You see, this why we have to break out, love. Everyone knows we need freedom in our relationship and space. That's so important in a relationship. Can you imagine being tied down with like a contract or something, love? That oh, would be awful. Be the worst. That'd be so be unhealthy. The worst. 
I think actually, can I, if I could just jump into your conversation here, I know we've met previously two hours into this. I'm Brandy. Nice to meet you both. But what I'm, I'm just going to jump in here and say, actually, maybe freedom isn't the right path at this point. Sometimes structure's good. Sometimes knowing where you stand with your partner's better. Maybe it wouldn't hurt to have perhaps a prenuptial arrangement with each other to know that your future's secure. You know what, Brandy? You are right. In our current situation right now, which is imprisoned on a way to an even more high security prison, freedom is the absolute worst thing. Theo slash David. I see Tallulah with shaved, like a shaved yellow hair, like a short yellow hair, but it's, it's dyed slightly yellow, heavy eye makeup. But what would you say impresses Theo about how Tallulah comes across? Uh, as we know about Theo, Theo is quite uncomfortable about being a sort of strong-bodied academic. That's always been a bit of a crisis in, the, in some of the previous moments we've faced. Tallulah is incredibly comfortable in her body, and her body is quite lean. She's, she's got a real muscularity about her, and she has absolutely no shame about it. Everything about her seems to be confident, considered, thought out. Is that why Rodri is so desperate to do loads of pull-ups? Because actually he feels quite insecure. Yeah, uh, Tallulah was actually his PT for, for some time before. <laughs> <laughs> they would do workouts to the Muck You soundtrack. Is everybody here supposed to be poker-powered? Did we establish that? Everyone except for Tallahassee, Theo and Brandy, yes. Maybe Rodri as well. Rodri was, was not po- poker-powered. Oh, Rodri also is not poker-powered. Yes, 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 fair yes. enough. Maybe Tallulah has like a, a Marchoke or some kind of poker-powered thing going on there. I don't know. Just well, I think she has electric, so oh, maybe it's yeah. like an electabuzz yeah. or something. Some kind of muscular... Oh, yeah, I forgot the... Dis- no, she was a Pachirisu, wasn't she? Because she produced Discharge or something. That was a whole... <laughs> okay, well, maybe it's just a tattoo of an incredibly muscular Pachirisu <laughs> across her back, like flexing every time she flexes backwards. Hmm. Yeah, that's impressive, Tallulah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done it about 15 times. We can see the Pachirisu is very strong. You don't need to keep proving that to us. We get it. All right. This is me, Rodri, now talking. I've finished finished my pull-ups. We have to escape. We've got to get out of here. I, you know, me and Tallulah, we've got to get out of here. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm, I'm breaking out of this thing. No way they're getting me to the core. No way. Yeah, our mission is definitely more important than anything you guys are doing. Yeah. All right, well, we'll let you guys talk. And, you know, you can kind of do what you want. Uh, Theo, can we have a little... Conflab over here. Yeah, if we can make sure that Tallahassee's not involved. Or oh no, he seems to. It's, that is like- no. Tallahassee is well, contractually I, I, has to be involved. In I do have to be involved. It is true. Uh, what about what okay. about me and uh me and Farb? It's Farb. I thought I tried to to mingle, you know, mix it together because I forgot. Um, he's he. Okay, I'll give you the information I've got on Farb and Blab that I picked up. Farb Farb sounds like Kermit. Spot on, Ali. Blab Thanks. is a small. Blab is a small chipper American. Farb is fourteen and has gushing water tears. Blab is five and has weird poison tears. Thank you for 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 that information. Uh, no worries. Blarb. No worries. I think um, Ali's gonna stick with the Kermit voice. You know it. <laughs> and this and this is me. I'm Blarb. I'm five. Well, I guess these poker powers could be useful. Also, I did try and keep you incarcerated as in an attempt to arrest this innocent man over here so I, I guess you can come and join the conversation I, I ah guilt come on farb and blab <laughs> oh yeah blarb we made friends via guilt we d- that's the perfect way that's how we always work i guilted you into being my friend you did Remember? that explains why there's nine years difference between us yes i made you break my arm and you haven't left my side well brandy this <laughs> private conversation's going really well already so um what did you want to talk about i did want to talk to you theo but now i want to know how did how did Farb break break Blarb's arm? Brandy, I just don't think that that's of of merit at this moment. That's a huge, great big tale, there, Brandy. Sit thee down, and I shall tell thee a tale. 
Oh, I thought you meant you had a huge tail. <laughs> oh, that you nah. hit me with. No, Florb, you ruined the tail. It was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blob, fob. But remember, you can't be mad at me because you broke my arm. Ah, oh, guilt again. Theo. Yeah. <laughs> and Tallahassee. And um, Tallahassee. Tallahassee. What are we gonna do, Theo? Most of the versions of this scenario that we had planned in the plans A through Z through ancient Formian cuneiform letter 1 through 3006 plans that I did come up with originally, most of those plans involved us having a lot of Pokemon. Here's my thoughts, because we don't have a lot of Pokemon with us. Sure. And in fact, we don't have any Pokemon. But what we do have is Poker-powered people who kind of can be Pokemon. Like there's... There's Kermit the Frog in the corner who could do something. Yeah, we've got we've got Sobble and Toxel over there who are going to be a real useful, real useful combination (laughs) in this situation. Quick question though, do we want to escape? We're kind of on the road to the core. Now I'm not saying that I think we can break out of the core, but I think we've broken out of other prisons before. I mean, here's the thing, Brandy. You are right. We need to get into the core, but I am very worried about the lack of resource. Now, there are some sort of contingencies we've got, but I think we just need to be reunited with those Pokemon if we stand a chance. All right, I get it. Good uh, good call. What, what do we do? There's a couple of options that we have here. One is, well, we don't know where those Pokemon are at this moment in time, do we? So we do have our contingency on the ship, however, that we could use as an option. The ship contingency? The I ship thought that was, that was only if it went really, really badly. I don't want to surprise you here, Brandy, but what do you think <laughs> this is currently going? Okay, fair enough. So, luckily, thanks to me learning Mind Reader, I still have some of the Slowpoke water to be able to communicate with the Slowpoke on the ship. Don't ask me how that logic works, Brandy. It's simply the magic of the Slowpoke. <laughs> May oh, no. I, Tallahassee, ask you how it works? No, Tallahassee. Is that a general thing? I, right, I appreciate right. that we all live under a system of yes and, but at this moment, Tallahassee, I just feel <laughs> I just feel like you can read my 335th thesis on the nature of Slowpoke water transmissions, otherwise known as aquapathy. Blob and Farb, you're going to want to cover your eyes because this is quite the sight. Tallahassee, if you want to watch and maybe get so disgusted by me that you leave us forever i'm not mad about that i have a very high tolerance for disgust well that explains brandy (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna get the vial of slowpoke water out and theo gets it from their bandolier everybody i know most of you already hate me so please take this as penance for everything i've done in the name of the greater good and theo begins to gargle the slowpoke water excellent okay time for a roll is it a poke about yep Okay. Plus sharp, not plus weird. So that's a plus three, because once again, Theo's banking on sharp. Roll what you're good at, my dude. I'm very much the genus sage of this particular Tales of Symphonia cast. I'm an Alakazam in all but name. <laughs> uh, right, 2d6 plus three. A 15! Oh, what? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Where was that last episode? Where was that last episode? You rolled the highest possible roll. (laughs) Wow. uh, We've not seen a a roll that high on the podcast. Theo evolves. Theo (laughs) evolves. Theo, you start to glow. (laughs) You become Theo. Right. That was insane. the, the rules that I've come up with are, you know, Max Max Rowling, I give I give David the, the keys, the narrative keys for the next two or three minutes. So you gargle and Theo, what what happens? 
Um, I think the contingency plan goes perfectly. I mean, yeah. Whatever the contingency plan I mean, is. Big time. Who do you contact on the ship, first of all? Theo contacts via the Slowpoke and is hoping beyond hope for Kanan. How are you feeling about Kanan at the moment? Because obviously you were still a little bit unsure. Indeed. Has that relationship been mended a little? I think we're still waiting for, for a real display of, of allegiance. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Okay, so Kanan picks up. Theo, is that you? Uh, yes, Kanan. Remember when I said that I would only be contacting the ship in an absolutely dire situation? Yes, of course. I was absolutely 100% correct on at least that. Theo, you you know you've been gone for 24 minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Now, I don't know, you've spent a month with Brandy and Kenny. You know from that what may have happened, and it wasn't me at all. It wasn't, nothing I did caused this. No, no, no of course no, not. No, no, thank you for of the minimised thing. That worked splendidly, by the way, no flaws there. Um, <laughs> just just to check, you did you did work out how to re, re-maximise all of your body parts at the same time. That took me several months to, uh, to master. Oh, several months. Several months. Did I not mention no. that? No, no, you didn't. No, but then oh. I probably should have taken that oh. from the person who needed a potion oh, my, to that... be maximised the first time I saw that's it. That's my oopsie. Yes, sorry, well, sorry, yes. Got a few of those in the bank, haven't you there? Um, anyway, I won't, I won't dwell, Kanan, um, because I need the contingency Pokemon quite, quite badly. You need the contingency Pokemon? Yes, the contingency Pokemon. All right. Well, the parachute is loaded, so I guess I'll... Uh... Send it on its way. If you could be so kind. Thank you so much. Immediately? Immediately would be best. Thank you. Do you want me to tell Adri? Oh, no. I'd think best to leave Adri out of this one. A Mega Manectric and a Parachute tends not to mix. Of course. I learned that the hard way during a junior abseiling sessions. So uh, if you could just... Theo. <laughs> Theo, your secret is safe with me. And I hope in delivering on this contingency, you will you'll see that I have... I've moved on myself. And I am... I'm with you, Theo. Not, not with my preconceptions. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much, Kanan. Kanan hangs up the the water and... (laughs) Sorry, we're not moving on from that just yet. (laughs) What does Kanan do to that poor slowpoke? In my mind, Kanan was using the slowpoke's tail like it was an old phone receiver. Understood. Like a 1920s phone. But I I do think the slowpoke has some water in its mouth. So just tips the water out of the slowpoke's mouth. (laughs) Holds the slowpoke and goes... Right, Slowpoke, now's your time. I'm gonna let you go, Slowpoke. You're gonna be okay, Slowpoke! I will miss you, but be safe! Kanan takes the Slowpoke to the edge of the ship and chucks it over the side! <laughs> I have faith because I believe in your power, Slowpoke. You're a god. Slowpoke shaking its head like, don't do it, please, please. I'm not a god, I'm just a Slowpoke. I don't have wings. Terranius Chunder comes up to the edge of. Oi, did you just throw a slowpoke off the edge of the ship? No, I threw a god off the top of the ship. <laughs> slowpoke! Oh, this is the worst 15 I'm ever going to get in my life, isn't it? I'd like to point out we have a we have a frigate that literally has 
cannons on it that could end this very easily. But no, apparently we're going to get a slowpoke thrown at us. It's all part of your plan, though, Theo. Is so it? whatever the slowpoke it does, it's all part, it's gonna work. It's all part of the plan, it's mate. You're throwing, oh. you're throwing a slowpoke towards a church-based cart. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, oh so does slowpoke land with Ableforth and Ainsley? <gasps> I think it. I think on a that... fifteen, it does. <laughs> well, it's David. It's your fifteen. Well, I mean, there's nothing that a slowpoke's going to achieve better than that. So, uh, slow <laughs> slowpoke's parachute activate. Slowpoke's parachute is shaped exactly like a king's rock, um, and it just slowly Aww. descends like a religious omen from the clouds. And maybe some shafts of light come from some guard turret somewhere and just illuminate the slowpoke. The golden eye theme plays. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really imagining Carly Simons Nobody Does It Better like Bridget Jones' Diary 2. <laughs> so the slowpoke floats down on its King's Rock parachute and uh, falls through falls through some upper window in the top carriage of the... What's the name of these carriages? Like a handsome cab. Oh, oh, very fancy. I feel like that's kind of what the church would have. In, in that case, David, what is pulling the handsome cab of the church? What is the, what is the church workhorse? <laughs> if, I, if I had full carte blanche, and I don't feel I should in this situation, I'd say a spectrier. You rolled a 15. <laughs> I just, I want to say a spectrier, but I also know that we can't just give it a legendary <laughs> pulling a, a carriage. A legendary? Oh goodness. <laughs> just, <laughs> that just can't, that David, can't be David, what... it's, it's a 15. It's your podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for a Calarian Rapidash. Yeah. Okay, so this slowpoke slowly descends on its parachute into the handsome cab, which to those unaware is like an old-timey Victorian-esque horse-drawn carriage, into this church carriage where Ainsley and Abelforth, the two church acolytes who are on their way to the church chaplaincy in the core, are residing. And it descends. They're sat in front, the slowpost sat behind. <gasps> oh, this is me, I'm, I'm Abelforth. Oh, I thought I was able for. Nope, that's absolutely correct. <laughs> it's all right. We are interchangeable. Classic I just, Ainsley. I admire, Classic I admire Ainsley. you so much, Ableforth, That sometimes I, it's really embarrassing. But sometimes I look in the mirror and I, I pretend I'm you. Okay, well we'll dissect that later because oh my god, there's a slowpoke behind us. Slowpoke. We are in the presence <gasps> of a god. I bow. I bow down. I bow further. I'm on the floor. I, I, I su- supine myself. Could I argue with a 15 in this situation that Theo has not broken their mental connection with the slowpoke and can still speak? Of course, spe- but you would, you, you would have to speak in the slowpoke's accent, which is a thick northern. Right, okay, right. Oh my god, another character voice from David. <laughs> this is... It's a big year. It's a big year on the podcast. Get your calendar out, folks, and mark it, <laughs> because my god, this might not come again. Hello, the two of you. Oh, it woke its spoke. Yes, I do. I do spoke. talk. Yes, that's something I am very competent in doing. Yes, as oh I my am. God. I am a god. Yes, yes, correct. Oh my oh god. god, that is what I am. Oh yes. my, you, our, our lord and savior, Slopok, please. What? It, tell us. Tell us what is what, what is your command? Tell us what, what we, we are. Your humble servants. Now, I, I don't come visiting my acolytes willy nilly. I think you know that. That's well well documented in scriptures. But uh... no, well, willy and nilly were in the church a long time ago, but. They got kicked oh. out for nothing. <laughs> Ali, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done on reading your scriptures, uh, Ainsley and Abelforth. Um, so what, what I need the two of you to do, if, if you might be so kind, is um, sometimes gods have, have messiahs that, uh, that speak for them on this planet. And uh, I'm afraid to say that my messiah is currently trapped in a prison carriage in the same convoy as you. 
What? We will we yes, will rectify but... it. What's it. Who who is your messiah? We, we had no idea. We did who not. Who's your messiah? It's easy to forget because, as we know, messiahs are often punished and persecuted before they are raised and transcendified into a reified being. What you need to do is go into the carriage full of uh, of children, and there will be a person there. Uh, who will answer to the name of Theo or Theodosia, and that Theo is uh, is a very important member of the church. And whatever whatever they say, whoever needs rescuing, you need to help them in whatever way you can. Of course, Slipuk, but won't won't the warden disagree? Now, uh, the warden might be a powerful Pokemon trainer, but uh, is the warden a powerful Pokemon god? Oh, Ainsley, you idiot! How dare I'm you sorry, question? Bow! Get your face on the floor! Oh, it hurts! It hurts! I'm a poor. My lord Slowpoke, once I have plucked the splinters out of my face from bowing on the floor, we will do as you command. You are most noble members of the church. Thank you, my children. And uh, if you happen to find any snacks on the way, I do believe that my messiah might be a little bit peckish after the journey. <laughs> this uh, humble deity also has a, a couple of knots in his back, so I don't know if any of you have got any sort of massage skills, but I could, you know, while we're on the journey... Ainsley, you've got a you've got a masseuse Pokemon, right? Oh, how many times you are Ainsley? <laughs> I am I am freaking out, Ablefarth. I am having a panic attack. But you are correct, Ainsley. You do have a massage Pokemon. Oh, it's me. I have one. Yes, yes of course. I have a shuckle. It's a shuckle that has strong noodles. And it will serve you, Slowpoke. It will serve you so well. Oh, it you, will noodle, you are kind. It will noodle Thank you. and it will noddle. Oh, I oh and its, its shell is like a hot rock. Ooh. Ooh. Tom, Tom, what does the shuckle sound like? Shuckle, shuckle, shuckle. How are we holidays? How's it going? You're relaxed? You're keeping relaxed? You're keeping good? I'm just going to roll my noodles over your back here, Slowpoke. I hope that's good. I'm going to just move my hot rock body all over you. That's going to be a little bit hot to the touch, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine for you there. I'm very shuckle, shuckle, shuckle. Ainsley. Your shuckle needs to sh- shuckle a hookup. <laughs> I think we'll stop on that scene right there. <laughs> oh, that scene is brought to you by Victoria Wood. Who's that Pokemon? It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But I believe in you, men. I believe we can take Castle Fortitude. And I believe we can take Castle Midsection easily. As long as we have a plan. Moving but, forward. But, 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 sir, where did Castle Fortitude go? I thought we were, we were storming that today, weren't we? <laughs> Squire Milton, we did that yesterday. That was my error. And it was your poor notes. It was your poor notes that threw me off about, about Castle Fortitude. We've already got that. We've already got oh, Castle we, Fortitude in the bag. Do we get lost on our way to Castle Fortitude and end up at Castle Midsection again? Okay, yes. This is the middle place between Castle soft skin and castle fortitude and this is castle midsection which is in the middle squire so so yes you're correct castle soft skin sounds disgusting <laughs> it is that's <laughs> it really why we're left god i'm that's so glad we're not castle soft skin <laughs> hey squires squires let's let's remember that you are the squires and I, i'm the king of the namers so i like soft skin named it after my my beautiful my beautiful mother's soft skin Okay, and I yes, thought it was a good thank name. you so much. It was very nice of you, young And I man. also take my mother on all my siege raids. What's that poking its head out of the castle window in Castle Midsection, Governor? What's it saying? Let's listen in closely, shall we? Okay, welcome to the Midsection. Uh, thank God we have Ali. This email is from Cesar Trevino. Hello, guys. This idea is coming to you from Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Oh, wow. I, one of those. It's going to be one of those. But hello, 
to Texas. Your podcast is one of the things that keeps me going through those long shifts. Oh, well. Happy to help. Happy to help. This character was supposed to be in my own Pokemon D&D game, but that never happened. So I'll gladly hand the reins over to you guys because I like this character very much. Uh, I like this character so much that I want him to be realised in any way. Well, you may have come to the wrong place, Cesar. Um, (laughs) Cesar just opening the soft cotton box where he's kept this character for several years and just passing it over to us. Please be careful. And we just yeet it (laughs) into a wall. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be fine, mate. No worries. Yeah, thanks for it. His name is Alexandra Alexandrite, and he is not affiliated with any Pokemon team, the League, nor the Church, because he is an adamant believer in the freedom of Pokemon, like Team Plasma, but on a much smaller scale. And it's really only him. The way he helps free Pokemon is with a stolen prototype of a snag ball maker that looks like an armoured gauntlet with an Iron Man-like bulb on the palm. Okay, cool. This gauntlet makes glass snag balls that he uses to capture any trainer's Pokemon as if it were a wild one. He would then let the Pokemon out of the ball and crush the ball with a gauntlet, freeing it. He does have a team of Pokemon that he uses to help liberate Pokemon. These Pokemon are Zangoose, named Kratos, a Skarmory called Gladius, and a Drudigan named Caesar. There's a theme, obviously. Um, <laughs> and that's him. Hope you guys have fun. Even if you don't, I will still listen because I love your podcast every other Monday. So that's nice, Cesar. That's very, that's very nice. But you have given us a complete hypocrite of a character. <laughs> yes, that's true. Alexandrit, more like hypocrite. Whoa. Tom coming in with the hot. Top you told him, there. Tom. You ooh, told ooh, him. Ooh. Are we meant to be tearing apart someone else's character and not my own? <laughs> not not me as a person. because. No, but Cesar said he really likes the podcast as it is, Tom. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. we should just continue the trend that we already Fair. do. Fair. Fair. Tell me about Alexander, guys. I'll throw it out there. Although he is not technically affiliated with any groups, this was made very clear by Cesar, it does sound like this would probably be a device that Capricorp would invent, as we know that they are the inventors of Pokeball technology. So presumably maybe this was something stolen from the Capricorp research labs in some way. If anything, it sounds like Alexander Alexandrite is going to be rebelling heavily against the extreme ball. Mm. Yeah. It's it's kind of the antithesis of everything he believes in. So maybe, yeah, he's sort of fighting Capricorp in that way. Oh my God. So he's like a vigilante that broke into Capricorp as they were trying to develop the extreme ball and twisted it round to create this Iron Man-like arm. Could you call him an anti-capitalist? Oh, it's close. It's nearly there, David. (laughs) (laughs) It's not getting any better, Ali. It's not getting any better. (laughs) I love that. So Alexander stole this cool multi-catch gauntlet thing. So rather than snag balls, because we don't really have snag balls in our world, we'll change it to the extreme ball, which is effectively the same thing. And I think maybe, maybe is it a protest against the extreme ball capture stuff or is it pure, pure all Pokemon? Here's here's a thought. Okay, we we had a midsection character few episodes ago last season who was the uh the the blitzball specialist the gym leader who's a, a blitzball specialist mac mac the blitzball mm-hmm. and he was very into catch and release which sort of sounds like a, a watered down version of what alexander's into so maybe they were together at one point maybe they were on the same team the same blitzball team and alexander was a lot more radical and then he broke away because because mac wouldn't go for a full release all of his team i like that yeah i like that yeah that's good yeah, strong and who do we think Alexander's main nemesis is? Do we think it is Seto Kappa himself? Maybe he hung around Tapu Dabi. So maybe Hannah and Candy have interacted with Alexander in some way mm. and have tried to ask him for his help. Maybe they already got his help and maybe that's when he stole the technology. 
Yeah. And did we say where Max Jim was? Because could it be in Tapu Dhabi, perhaps? Could absolutely. Could, yeah, well, that, that would make sense as to where the biggest Blitzball stadium in Formula would be. Exactly. So Alexander, big fight with Mac, cursing his luck, happens to bump into our good friends. I see a spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Alexander's got a name for himself at this point. So many people are complaining that their freshly caught Extreme Ball Pokemon are being re-caught by him, this mysterious Pokemon liberator. And he's sort of wanted in the Tabu Dhabi region. And I think Mac is perhaps been forced into leading the charge to capture Alexander. But it's torn because obviously he's a servant of the league, Mac, as a gym leader, first and foremost. Mm. But it's torn because he knows Alexander and Alexander is a good man deep down. Uh, but maybe, you know, he's got a point with this extreme ball situation because Mac himself is an anti-catch and not use. Hates boxed Pokemon. I go and say, guys, there's a, there's a bloody great drama going on in Tapu Dhabi. Very nice Friday Night Lights type. Very Sunday 9pm BBC One style. We should go there one day. <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. Season 10. I thought you meant we should get on... Um, BBC One at 9pm on a Sunday. And I was like, I think that would be great if they'd have us. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> Guys, has, has anyone ever thought about that? Has anyone ever thought, just like, has anyone actually ever thought of just like writing to Netflix and just saying, hey, do you want Critical Ditto? This just sounds like all of our parents about all of our creative careers, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you, have you like... sent a letter to Netflix about acting in one of their shows? Why don't you just send a letter to Sex and the City and ask to write another episode of that show? I'm sure they'll they'll have you do that. There's so there's so many Marvel movies, aren't there? There's got to be one that you could be in. You could just you know, when I was twenty, I worked for the BBC. I'm sure I could pull a few strings. Dad, you were in BBC Leicester at two p.m. <laughs> BBC Leicester. <laughs> wait, wait, Ali, your your dad was on BBC Leicester. Can we? Can we just talk? Can we talk a little bit after the radio slot as well? Wait, can we get critical detail on BBC Radio Leicester? <laughs> Imagine if we could get taxpayers to fund this. That the campaign be- starts here, guys. <laughs> well, Cesar, thank you so much for bringing us Alexander, and I hope we didn't demolish your dream for Alexander. But we really enjoyed him. We are going to try and meet him and the other uh, NPC listener NPC mentioned uh, in this. Uh, midsection, which was Mac, which was submitted by Scott McDonald. So thank you, Scott. And your character has been tied to Caesar's character. And we'd also like to thank Caesar because Caesar is a Pokemon champion. And what that means is Caesar is a Patreon donator. Thank you so much, Caesar. Uh, you were actually next in our um, list of NPC characters to read out on the show, but you would have been priority anyway because. You are a Pokemon champion. And speaking of that, what's that? Another. Another of the six. That's right. Another of the six great Pokemon champions of the Critical Ditto Patreon has written in for their... So, written in for something to be read out in the midsection. So we're going to do that right here and now, because that's the joy of being a Pokemon champion on the Critical Ditto Patreon. You get the priority. You get straight in. This is from our great friend, Crandon Creations. We love Crandon. Crandon does amazing artwork. Commission Crandon immediately. Find them at Crandon Creations on Twitter. And thank you, Crandon, for being a Pokemon champion. We love you, Crandon. Here we go. I've been meaning to send over item ideas for so many months, but it's certainly been a year of distractions. Hopefully, these are some fun ideas you can play around with to work with your unique playstyle. 
Ooh, unique playstyle. Not good, I noticed. Not good playstyle. <laughs> unique. Tom, she's a champion. She's not a liar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Number one, Ordino Books. A small device with headphones containing recordings of self-help motivational books. Listening to one as you sleep or an eight-hour time period allows you to temporarily remove one point from any skill you have a bonus to and add it to a different skill. Example, a character that has a plus two in charm but no bonus to sharp might listen to how to be more aware to make their charm plus one and their sharp plus one. This can only be used once per day and all stats reset after 24 hours. I love that. That's in. Cool. That's, That's really straight strong. in. That is so strong. <laughs> if you're going to be more charming, the book tells you to basically be more of an idiot to take away one of your, sh- one of your smarts. Don't think about things. Don't think about things. Just smile. <laughs> don't, don't try and analyse situations, my friend. Just, just tell a joke. Just talk about how lovely the trees look today. If you wanted to take away from your charm and put it into your tough it's like be a fighter not a lover that's the that's the book title stop smiling start curling you know what's better than a kiss a punch (laughs) (laughs) item number two the karma coin a palm-sized coin with an absol design imprinted on both sides one in white and one in black allows the player to re-roll one die but they must use the new roll can be used once per day oh another very cool coin Come, 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 Oh, nearly. Come. Go again. One that's more staying shot. Go on, you can that's do staying it. In. No, no, no need to go again. We've got it. We've got, we've got what we need from that. And the last one, Pokefans Disguise Kit. A bag of cheaply made Pokemon costume designs to be up one size fits most for people or Pokemon to wear. They don't look great, but can be helpful in trying to hide one's identity. I tell you what, Crandon, all of these ideas are absolutely amazing and they're all going to be in. I'm going to make sure that at least one of us finds each one of these items at some point in season three. I've made that call now. Thank you, Crandon, for being a Pokemon champion and for being a great person. If you have an idea for a midsection, an item, a place, a character, email us at criticalditto at gmail.com. And if you would like to have the same crazy priority access that Crandon and Cesar get, then join our Patreon at the champion level. Back to the, uh, back to the four midsection, I believe. Well, we did it. We did it, squires and mother. We did it. Yes. Now on to Fort Fortitude, or Castle Fortitude. That's a, the Fort Fortitude's the first one, and then we, then we take Castle <laughs> Fortitude. It's all clear on your maps that I drew for you in my crayons. <laughs> this is a Pizza Hut menu. <laughs> they need to stop letting stupid rich people run the army. Who's that Pokemon? Uh, Kenny, we find you inside the Max security car that is in this procession. It's trundling along at the same speed, but it's heavier, it's weightier, and the reason is that it is loaded with high security machinations and mechanisms to keep those, some would say gifted, some would say cursed, with poker powers under wraps. But where in the other car, the people who can cry poison, or, God help me, poop electric, are kept. This is where the proper poker powers are, the ones who can really cause some damage. And it's where you, Kenny, find yourself. I feel like pooping electricity is going to cause some damage to someone. <laughs> poop electric sounds like the lead guitarist for the Muck Hughes, to be honest. <laughs> That's a little stage name. <laughs> yeah, poop electric. Kenny, you are bound. Obviously, I think your hands and feet are, are bound. 
but what extra Helsing-created apparatus is restraining you that you wouldn't normally expect? Connected to the walls in the max security compartment are, in another setting, they would be misconstrued as like salon hairdryers. But in this setting, they're essentially going to stop like telekinetic uh, abilities, mind control abilities. Wait, wait, wait. So if you try and move something telekinetically, the hairdryer will blow it back. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's not... That's more just... More just, more just cancelling it. But I like that. Let's go with that. <laughs> I'm just going to try and move this pot with my mind. <laughs> no, you're not. What you're saying is there's loads of, like, air vents around you that can blow in any single direction to stop you moving anything. <laughs> it, it reacts. I wanted this... I, wa- I tried to make this somewhat <laughs> ominous, but instead we're going down a very different route, and I'm all on board. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this... Capacorp technology, unbelievable. Oh, oh, it's definitely yeah, it's Helsing Capacorp. Can we just talk about someone who pitched that in a room? I, Tom, I want to hear the pitch. I want to hear the pitch to Seto Kappa. I'm just saying, Seto, Seto, we've got so many poker power people moving stuff with their mind. All I'm thinking, what if there was a force to fight against that? And what's the strongest force? You can't see it. You can't smell it. It's air. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's uh, wow. That's hot. That is hot air in my face. I think it's the best way. Okay, let's cut back to the scene where this becomes relevant. Oh my god, it's really hot in here. You look to your left and you see in several glass compartments, containers, are your Pokeballs. And not just your Pokeballs, but Theo's and Brandy's as well. You recognise them. I think Kenny has drawn what those Pokemon are named as. So there's a little bow tie on bow ties. There's a a moustache on moustaches, etc, etc. What do Theo's look like? Uh, Theo, quite crudely in sh- in pen, as a very precocious member of the church, once in sort of permanent marker, wrote scriptures all over the Pokeballs. Nice. Brandy, how have you personalised yours? A lot of them have got stars around them, like those drawn stars. And like, there's been a lot of gel pen action. It also says, don't touch this, Kenny, this is Brandy's Pokeball. So that's what you see to your left. And on the other end of this high security room, shrouded in shadow is a figure figure bound similarly to you as the journey has continued the light has slowly faded upwards and the light pouring in has revealed a purple haired woman she has sad sallow eyes resigned features and looks about 42 tom what looks frightening about this character they're just sat perfectly still and upright like, even as the carriage is moving, they don't seem to be moving with the flow of the... They're just... They're almost, like, locked in space. Mm. Almost feels like just staring ahead of them. And that is unnerving. Kenny, you actually semi-recognise this person. But it's something in your memory from quite a long time ago. But you do clock onto it. This is the person that you saw in the clips that were shown to you in General Phillips's office of the O'Hara incident. Mm. And you recognise that this purple-haired woman is the one who released that gaseous explosion at the Pokemon Lee-Gary Smoke fight, which proved deadly to some people. Most tellingly for our story, the parents of orphaned special defender, Hannah. She catches your eye. Another in the carriage. (laughs) (coughs) Are you you okay? I apologise. I actually, the one thing they didn't take from me when they imprisoned me was this lozenge. Would, if I just sort of get it in this Airstream, it might blow over to you. Hang on. Thank you, Airstream. 
the lozenge reaches this person's captive area and it sinks to the floor once it leaves the airstream. The person looks down at it, sighs, and just looks back at you. She just looks tired. She looks like, what's the point? I don't deserve to feel better. <coughs> I don't deserve anything. Are you okay? How could, how could I possibly be okay? <clears throat> I, I am a monster. Know that feeling. Are you, <clears throat> are you like me? Yeah, yeah, I also have kind of purpley hair. Although yours is more purpley, to be fair. And the whole poker powers thing. Good. Is it? Of course. In, the, in, in Max security prison? I am a danger to everyone. It's only fair, it's only right <clears throat> that I am here. <clears throat> You should no, not want to take the lozenge. I feel like... I feel like it might... It's like my friend was voicing you or something. I feel like he or she might appreciate maybe not having to cough every time they speak. That person is... is bad ash and can take it. Well, that person's also very confident and therefore I'm going to sit back and let you monologue at me. What is there to say? I'm a disgusting creature who is a danger to anyone who dares come in contact with me. And I'm Kenny Mullet. What's your actual name? Luan. Luan. Although no one's called me that in some time. I've just been the abomination, <clears throat> the gas bomb, Ooh. Gassy McGasface once. That was particularly hurtful. <clears throat> Sorry, Stu, does this character fart a lot as well? Is that, an, <laughs> is that like another sort of angle to the character that we haven't... Do you want me to do the farts sounds? Cause I... I, I am, I'm at the whim of the editor in this one. <clears throat> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, serious scene. Sorry. Look, Luan, I'm not going to call you any of those things. I'm also not going to call you a monster. You know what I did, right? I, yes, I think I do know what you did. I don't see how you could possibly think any other way. I think you were manipulated, Luan. Have you ever met a woman with white hair, flip-flops and a sarong? Yes, she said she could help me. Did she? No. She tried. I think she tried. What did she do, Luan? She took an interest in me. Said that she needed to test my limits. And then Luan's face darkens even more. When it all went wrong, she disappeared. Luan, she did not help you. I think she used you. If she didn't help me, it's because I don't deserve to be helped. That is so not true. Luan, not a month ago, there was someone who I thought was a bad person, a villain. Someone who was, I thought, responsible for death and destruction. And turns out she was just lost, manipulated, and had succumbed to something she couldn't control. And you know what? It resonated with me. Because I'm a little bit in danger of doing that myself. You see, there's a reason why I'm in this max security prison, and it's because I was filmed... With my powers exploding out of me, because I couldn't control them. But actually, my powers have done far more good than any bad. And I feel like yours could do the same. Kenneth, was it? Kenny, but you can call me Kenneth. In fact, no one calls me Kenneth. Could you please call me Kenneth? Kenneth. People died. I killed people. I don't think I can come back from that. And Kenny... Your mind flashes back to Hannah watching that footage back in General Phillips's office. It flashes back to the tears that welled in her eyes and you hugging her, holding her, reassuring her that everything was okay. 
I don't think I can come back. Luan, I'm really sorry for everything that's happened in your past. If you let your past determine your future, then what's the point in making mistakes? What's the point in learning? It's just going to eat you up inside. I'm here to tell you that not all hope is lost, Luan. I genuinely believe there is a little bit of good in everyone. Even in people who have made mistakes, even when their mistakes have had awful, awful consequences. I permanently burned my sister's face and it could have been a lot worse in many other situations. But here I am just trying to do the next right thing because if I don't do that, I worry that I could, I suppose, become how you are now. There is hope for us, for you, for me, for all the people in that carriage, for anyone struggling with poker powers. And weirdly enough, I believe that that hope can be found at the place we're going. But I might need your help. Kenny, roll plus charm for me. Kenny is um, a plus two in charm. Oh, and I needed it because I rolled four and a one plus a two. So I got a seven. Kenny, you finish, you finish your speech and Luanne looks at you and she takes the lozenge on the floor, holds it in her hand and she puts it in her mouth and you see a small tweak of a smile, just a smidgen of a smile on her face. It's sweet. Kenny. (laughs) Uh, Kenneth. Sorry. Kenneth. How can you be... How can you be sure? (coughs) I'm not. I don't have trust in myself, Luan. What I do have trust in are two people in the cart behind us who I know are doing everything they can to help me get out of here and trust in the contents of that glass container. If we can't trust ourselves, the least we can do is trust in our loved ones, and I'm including both people and Pokemon. I can't help but notice a glass container over there with a little, um, uh, a little fart on it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mushroom cloud, but yes, yes. It, Sorry, yes. well, you can understand. I mean, it's dark, you know. Is there someone or something in there that you might very much like to be reconnected with? Yes. It's my coughing. Uh, I mean, figures. And it, well, I say it's mine. It was. <clears throat> it was my son's. Your son. And I would so love. I would so love to see him again. I just don't know if he would want to see me. <coughs> you have. You have a son. Rodri. <clears throat> Rodri. That's his name. I haven't seen him since the incident. <coughs> I assumed he'd be too ashamed. <clears throat> if you could tell me that there is a chance. Just a chance that I could see him again, hold him again, and not hurt him, then I'd do whatever I can to get out of here. I burnt my sister's face, and I can feel from across the continent that she still loves me. Your son, he might have that as a memory of you, but he'll also have so many positive, happy, loving memories of your time together. That, that time we did pull-ups together. I couldn't help but notice the size of your lats. My <laughs> sloking, Luan. You are filling this space. How do your arms even fall to your uh, side? A lot of beans. <clears throat> Figures. A lot of proteinous beans. <coughs> Luan, never underestimate. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was my moment. I, I apologise, I can jump back in any time. I, I thought I sensed it and I, maybe I was wrong. The reactions I'm getting on the script feel like I might have been wrong. I'm going to... 
I'll step away. I'll I'll hold it back for another Luan, moment. Luan, never underestimate a family's love. It is inside of you, waiting to burst out, waiting to the most inopportune time to just expel itself from the, your insides. Do you know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> Luan is with you. Maybe we should cut back to the uh, the other train car so that Tom can prove his worth playing a character rather than just a a bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> cut back to the prisoner car. Brandy, Theo, Tallahassee, anyone who's looking can see that the slowpoke has landed in Ainsley and Abel Forth's carriage. Theo's communication has worked. It's worked splendidly. But Ainsley and Abel Forth are finding it difficult to approach the car with Warden Vipen so occupied with leading the caravan. How are you going to find a window of opportunity for them? See, I told you everyone, it is not a pretty sight watching Theo do that. Yeah, you're you're really drooling there. Unfortunately, I can only provide you with even more water. I I'd do that if I would. I, I I would do oh. that far. Okay. <laughs> Theo just getting one of those like water spouts in the face with just eyes just sticking out of it. <laughs> I can't offer much in the way of like powers and stuff, but I could like you know I could wipe you down with my spiky belt. That does sound attractive. Theo, I could always slap you in the face. No, uh, no. You... Do you not have your screaming? Brandy does it. Brandy slaps Theo in the face. Oh, oh. There you go. Brandy, please, please, Theo, take this monogram Tallahassee Bingeworth handkerchief. I think I prefer being wet. <laughs> well, darn. <laughs> that is not the first time Theo has said that. Ah! <laughs> Out of context critical ditto, the new Twitter meme account. Yeah. Right, Theo, it's a great plan, and it's worked out to perfection currently. But there's one big problem, and that is Louis the Sixteenth out there and Warden Vipen. We're going to have to find a distraction to mean that this cavalcade comes to an end once again. Tallulah, you you did say you could poop electric. Is that... Yeah. Could you just chuck one at her or something? Brandy, I can't do it on command. You know, I've got to wait six hours after, you know... Six hours? That's slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also, I don't feel like the warden's going to care if somebody takes one poop inside this carriage. I think we should all... <laughs> Can I just establish? It's not actually. It's not a poop. It is. It is okay. an electrical pulse discharge. Okay. I just want to. I just want to make sure that everyone is aware. I don't think the warden's going to stop us just because we get a little electrical current surging around the walls. That's only going to add to the pleasure that she's going to get from all of this. So, how can we distract the warden long enough for those two church clowns to to get us out of here? I'm glad you asked, Brandy, because. Uh... I don't know if I've mentioned, but I have quite a few theses, and uh, one of them was on the uh, Pokemon species in the surrounding area of the core. Uh, a really fascinating subject, um, and this is an area rife with a Pokemon known as Colossal. A what? A Colossal. It's Hold a... on, let me let me get the Pokedex out. Maybe I could do a search term. I thought you had one sassy friend in this carriage with you, but apparently you need to have a second. Brilliant. Don't worry about it. Brandy's poor iPhone Pokedex. Power on. Oh my god! Oh my! Oh my god! See, he gets why it. Didn't, why didn't you charge me? I've been, I've been, I've been sitting. I've been sitting on twenty percent. Are you saying you might need a bit of an electrical current? Yeah, because I can get someone to poop on you. 
I'll gladly do that. And I hold the Pokedex <laughs> under Tallulah. It's coming. No one, no one look at me. I can't do it when you're looking at me. Yeah, no one look at her, all right? This is, this is a delicate process. I'm sorry. I just, I just enjoyed a watch. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Pokedex. How was that as an experience? Pretty disturbing. Not going to lie, that was pretty awful. All right, just tell me about tell me about Colossal. I gave you the charge. And I'm now at I'm now at 42. I'm at 42. percent This is please plug me in. Man, your electrical charge isn't that good, is it, Tallulah? Really, you only charge 20 percent of it. Can you stop discharge shaming me? I had a small child watching me for that. Please. I really liked it. What's a Colossal? <laughs> now I walk something inside of me. Oh, Bob. <laughs> what do you want, Brandy? I want you to tell me about the Pokemon Colossal. Oh. <laughs> I need some more data. I need some more data. You need to update me. Um, it's made of coal and it's colossal. Made of coal. It's co- oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. No, I just mean your sim plan. Your sim plan, Brandy. You've run out of money. What's a sim plan? Is that the evolution of a Meltan? I put three per diem points in here just last week. Oh, that's quite a lot. <laughs> Brandy, Brandy, you got to hold it up by the bars. There's better signal. Get more bars by the bars. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Purplehead Mohawk Man. Yeah, that's right. That was correct of who I was. My name is Rodri. Rodri, that's the one. My name's Pokedex. Nice nice to meet you. It's nice to talk. It's, God, it's nice to talk to someone who can actually converse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> without shouting, without just this piercing noise that just goes into my microphone. Oh. You know, I bought you with actual money. Was it your money? Was it your money? Well, it wasn't. It was the Pokemon League that gave, gave you to us. But Yeah, so actually, it was a gift. I barely belong to you. This is almost a favour I am doing for you. A favour strong. Here, Pokedex. Yes, Rodri? Could you tell us about a Pokemon Colossal, would you? Of course oh, I, I can, Rodri. I, I would oh. be, I would be okay. happy to, Rodri. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Colossal. Let's have a look. Uh, resembles a massive, massive Goliath with a body of coal atop it. It's got big, big coal black body, two legs, stubby arms, big spikes for elbows. That's key, apparently. Yeah, and it, it, it burns at 2,700 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, that is warm. I think that's approximately the heat of the Pokemon sun. Wow, we should be yeah. dead. Yeah. Well, there you go, Tallahassee. That'll solve your sun problem if we meet one of these colossals. I will take all of its glow onto my body and I will feel it. I will feel revivified. Well, thanks, Pokedex, but that doesn't really help us in how to lure a colossal here. Does it eat anything? Does it like anything? Oh, unfortunately, it was only in one game, so there's, there's very few Pokedex entries is the problem. Well, if I if I may propose a, a way that we could maybe lure it over to the carriage. Oh, oh, I've got one. I've got one. Here we go. Oh, okay. It's usually yeah, peaceful. Yeah, shut up, David. But the van... Sorry, I was just excited because I actually <laughs> saw something useful. Come on, David. Stu was talking. <laughs> Stu had an idea and we all had to stop what we were doing to listen to Stu's oh. idea. Sorry, Stu. It's usually peaceful, but the vandalism of mines enrages it. Great, all we have to go do is vandalise a mine. Come on, Margaret Thatcher, you're in the carriage with us. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you wanted information, not not a solution to your problem. All right, I put the Pokedex away. Well, okay, that is... Thank goodness. One of these days, Pokedex, we are going to have to have a sit-down talk with Dr. Bunnelby. I can't deal with this for much longer. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying that wasted breath on my closed face. Tallulah, I'll tell you what, that Pokedex was absolutely lovely. All right, Roger, we get it. We get. Don't, go do more pull-ups. Theo... How are we going to vandalise a mine? Well, I don't know if we can vandalise a mine with any level of ease, but I was thinking I might have a convenient thing that could lure a colossal near us. And at this point, Theo reveals 
the bandolier on which Jason the Combi is still contained in their plastic ball, their see-through ball that was never a pokeball that was always on the bandolier that nobody ever paid any attention to because it was tiny with a combi in. And the combi is suffocated. (laughs) Really? Is that a thing? Is that really? Because when the combi was caught on the train, the combi was only contained inside an orb on the bandolier, not inside a pokeball itself. So I was hoping, hoping we could use this as a technicality that maybe... uh... I think we can, I think we can use that as a technicality. We can absolutely use that as a technicality. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that I remember no points about this plotline, except for things that I did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look at the moment Warden Vipen threw you into the prison car, Theo. <laughs> what, what, is that? what is that on your bill? Is that anything? Oh, it's just a uh, church bandolier, because as I said, I am a church acolyte. I, c- I could show you all of it, but it would... Uh... You know, it's all very churchy. What is that orb? What is that orb there? Oh, it's just full of um, uh, it's full of um, dried beedrill dung, pungent, pungent container. Yeah, yeah. May I smell it? Yes, you, you may absolutely um smell it. Except that this is um from the famous, famous uh, Cantonian uh, beedrill, which is famously toxic, whereas all other species have a completely neutral uh, discharge. Maybe this is a roll. Let's roll for something in the past. So, so Warden Viper has just gone, may I smell it? And now you're rolling. This is an act under pressure for sure. Okay, so act under pressure is a cool. Theo is a plus one in cool. 2d6 plus one. Oh, lads. Theo, dosha. Wow. That's a six plus a four plus a one. So I had a tiny head last episode, but this time around I get an 11 to have the warden smell a poo ball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, David, David. How how do you convince Warden Vipen that this is indeed a smelly ball of beedrill dung? Theo's terrified because obviously there is a living creature inside this plastic ball, so uh, opening it up is going to be a, a dangerous experience. At this point, Theo has already been thrown into the carriage, so is next to Blarb and Farb. And hmm. children, easy to convince on anything. Um, so at this point, Theo goes, yes, it's, um, I, I, I would let you smell this dried beedrill uh, poo, but it's actually... um." famously a toxin um and if smell can cause hallucinations and eventually death but if you'd like um i could i could ask one of these uh, children to smell it and then hands it over to blab who just starts crying um immediately <laughs> and just water is just flying everywhere <laughs> no just... i don't want to smell dung no i could keep going uh warden if you No, it is fine it is fine just please stop them crying and she slams the door <laughs> there there So yes, you have Jason the Combi. Jason the Combi's with you. And you release right. Jason the Combi in the in the carriage. Oh, I see, Theo. You've just said we didn't have any Pokemon, and yet here you are with Jason. I didn't know if I could trust you, Randy, if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest with you. you. Trust the... That is outrageous. That is outrageous. Theo, thank you so much for telling me over ten minutes ago. I really appreciated that. You told Tallahassee about the Combi. I was kind of playing the two of you off against each other. Told me as well. They did tell me. They did tell me. Oh, I was kind of playing you all off against each other. So everyone knew about the combi, Theo. All right, fine. Go on. Give us a great plan. Give us a great Theo plan. Okay. Okay, fine. Well, I'm just hoping that, that Jason... Jason's good at flying into and out of cracks of um, Formian architecture. That's how that's how Jason got into the church carriage last time. So maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, Jason could get out of here, find a colossal, l- lure it down onto this uh, particular trail, and uh, just cause havoc and maybe lead to several deaths. <laughs> that's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> Theo, answer me this very simple question. What is a mine? It, it's a, it's an underground chamber of, of a series of... I uh, See, I rock. would call a mine a collection of rocks. And what is surrounding this dirt track? 
rocks. So I have the idea that maybe Jason should attack some rocks out there and lure the Colossal to us rather than, you know, releasing your Pokemon into the wild. Because to be honest, Theo, I don't know what kind of relationship you've got with Jason, but he, he, he could run off. Uh, this is a male combi, Brandy, and if I've told you anything, it's that male combis have an incredible sense of duty and diligence to their queen, and I don't mean to gender myself, but in many ways I am now Jason the combi's queen, as a result of sharing a brain with it to help it destroy well, a Malamar. Well, <laughs> you think a colossal is well, powerful I'm saying there, I also shared a brain with that combi, so maybe Jason thinks I'm his queen. Jason, who's your queen? Combi? Roll, roll to see. If you roll the, if you roll the same, then Kenny's the queen, and neither of you know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. D six each. We've rolled the same. Oh. Kenny's the queen. Oh, Kenny's, Kenny's the queen. queen. <laughs> we both rolled a three. We both rolled a three. Combi <laughs> <laughs> looks very, very awkward and just stays directly in the middle of both of you. Combi. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, Jason, if you could just go out there, blow up some rocks with a bug buzz, try and get a Colossal's attention, would you? Crumble. Roll for Jason the Combi as Jason flits out of the small barred window past Rodri, past Tallulah, and off towards the cliff rock face where Jason is going to attempt to attack some rocks and stir a Colossal sleeping within from its slumbering chamber. I guess kick some Frostlass? Yeah. On the rocks, combi special attack is... Zero, I believe. Zero, yes it is. So I'm afraid this is a flat roll. Flat 2d6. Oh. No, oh. no, 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 oh. no. Mark experience. Oh, so that's oh. a... So I've rolled a oh. one and a three for a four. Oh, no. <gasps> okay. Oh. Theo, you see Jason the combi flit out of the barred windows. It flies apart. You see Jason's three heads look back. A little unsure. Yeah, yeah, this is fine. Once you signal for a colossal ever, the plan will fall into motion. We'll be able to deal with it. Just send that bug buzz, that brutal bug buzz that I know you have, into those rocks. Combi buzzes ahead. Combi, Combi. Past Warden Viper. Past Louis the Sixteenth, the Buffalo, And up, up the scree slope, up past the rocks. Jason sees an opportune moment. A chink in the rocky opening and fires a bug buzz into a small crevice that leads into the rock face. Jason waits. And then... A shuddering explosion from within. Did it connect? Jason doesn't know. There is silence, and then a rumble. A couple of stones and pebbles start to rock near where Jason is hovering. The larger rocks around Jason start to rumble. Jason casts a terrified eye back down the slope and sees Theo's car and suddenly longs for the safety of that small plastic ball. Jason darts down. The rocks are shaking and getting even larger. Some boulders are starting to topple down the slope. Crumble, crumble! Jason doesn't dare look back until Jason can't take it anymore and one of the three heads turns and looks behind him. At the very top of this cliff face, Jason sees Colossal, but not one, not two, a horde, a horde of Colossal are rampaging down the scree slope towards the caravan of prisoners. Jason tears away down the slope from the rampaging stampede of Colossal. Warden Vipen looks up from her bouffalant, and for the first time since we've seen 
This calm, commanding warden of the core prison, we see fear flash across our eyes. We cut back to Theo and Brandy in the prisoner car. So Theo, I, do, do we have a contingency plan for the contingency plan? Or are we dead? Huge electrical discharge from the corner of the carriage. of Colossal on their way to destroy us all. Well, it's been fun. It's been, we've enjoyed the podcast, I'd say. Thank you so much for listening, but I guess this is where it ends. Uh, unless our heroes can escape, which I'm sure, you know, they, they most likely will. It wouldn't be the end of the show without thanking a few people. And let's start with the amazing patrons. That's right, we have 20 of them now, and I'm going to thank you all because we really appreciate you. Thank you so much to Atlas Moth, Thank you, Scott M. Thank you, Joel Williams. Thank you, Hi Killy. Thank you, Keiko Pin Cosplay. Thank you, Big Fat Nuke. Thank you, Jonah Jackson of Questco Jr. Thank you, Trigula, aka Aurora. Thank you, Josh Anderson. Thank you, Alchemage. Thank you, Cesar Trevino. Thank you, Force Majeure Pod. Thank you, GGT. Thank you, Cranon Creations. Thank you, Eric Eichinger. Thank you, Millamoy. I know you're listening, Millamoy. Thank you, Ginny Voss. Thank you, Alastair Collinson, the Game Master. That's right, that's your that's your nickname, Alastair. And thank you, Carrymo. There we go, that was 20. The mighty 20. We shall make rings for you to rule Middle Earth. No, we won't do that, we won't do that. We'll just say thank you very much for your continued support on Patreon. And if you want to become a patron, please sign up to the Critical Ditto Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. Another feature of this episode, which you might have noticed, those observant among you, will have heard that the previously was not one of us today. Saying previously on Critical Ditto, this was a champion tier patron, the wonderful Crandon Creations. Crandon has done some amazing art for the podcast. They've done the new logo. Crandon's done it all. And as a champion tier patron, um, she sent in her previously on Critical Ditto and we put it at the beginning because that's one of the features and she's the only one to have done it so far, but we... We're open to some more, so come on, patrons, get on it. I'd also like to thank Michael Sands, who created Monster of the Week, uh, which is the basis of Pocket Monster of the Week, the game we are currently playing. 
I'd also like to thank Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective for the albums Canto Symphony, Johto Legends, and of course, Time and Space. And I'd also like to thank Glitch X City. What wonderful music. I'd also like to thank the creators of Pokemon, Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Masada. Here's the point where I mention we are a fan-made, not-for-profit podcast and have no affiliation with Game Freak or the Pokemon Company. And thank you so much for listening. Finally, I'd like to thank David, Ali, and Stu. Stu. It was a fun episode. There was a lot of jokes. Not a lot happened in the episode, I'm going to say. It just, there was a lot of Kermit voice, which I enjoyed. So thank you very much for a very enjoyable record session. As is tradition, I leave you with this thought. Go catch them all. And by all, I mean your dreams. Scott McDonald. Oh, Stu, why? Say it again. Say it again. Why? Scott McDonald. David. (laughs) You're kidding me. Right, silence, please. Scott Scott McDonald. McDonald. (laughs) Tom, do you know how we could solve this? We could solve this if you had a webcam. That would would solve this. (laughs) This is outrageous. Um, Scott McDonald.